It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to another edition of the Indy Fuel's Under the Hood podcast. I am Andrew Smith, the broadcast voice of the Fuel. The calendar has turned to 2021, and the Indy Fuel have not only a franchise best six and one start, they also have the best record in the ECHL. And a big reason why? They've had a lot of success against the Wheeling Nailers, and they'll need to continue that because they play them a lot here in the upcoming weeks. The Fuel won three out of four in a series of consecutive games with the Nailers last week, including a New Year's Eve loss, the one loss of the season where the Fuel fell behind 3-1 to one in the second period, and then Nick Pirog and Antoine Waked rallied the Fuel back to within 4-3, to three, but... A late bid fell just short, and the Fuel suffered their first loss against a desperate team on Thursday night, New Year's Eve. But then on Saturday night, it was another overtime thriller. For the Indy Fuel, it's been seven games, seven one-goal games, three overtime games, all of those overtime games taking place at home, and three wins in those overtime contests and a thrilling comeback on January 2nd. We're going to get to that one and the highlights momentarily. First, though, we'll let you know our guest on this edition of Under the Hood will be Willie Raskob, the Indy Fuel defenseman. He had three assists in the two games in Wheeling last week and has added a lot to the Fuel blue line. One of three Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs on the roster. And one thing Doug Christensen has done is he has put those three together, Willie Raskob, Jared Thomas, and Peter Krieger. And Thomas and Krieger were teammates on the Bulldogs' 2018 NCAA championship team. And Peter Krieger also part of the Bulldogs' 2019 NCAA championship team. And Raskob was a big part of getting that started. He will be our guest later on in the podcast. We'll let you know the Indy Fuel have a number of games coming up at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum the next two weekends, two home games each weekend. Friday night on January 8th, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits are in town. Friday is a Do 317 night, our first of the year. Do 317 nights are presented by IBEW Local 481. You can fill your tank with $3 beers and soft drinks, $1 hot dogs, and $7 t-shirts on our Do 317 nights. Saturday night, Greenville also in town. It's Healthcare Heroes and First Responders Night presented by Community Health Network. As we come celebrate all of our frontline workers, we'll have tributes throughout uh, the evening to our dedicated personnel for all their hard work and dedication to the community. Fans and attendants will also receive clear tote bags courtesy of IBEW Local 481. January 15th and 16th, the Wheeling Nailers come to town. Wheeling's visit on Friday night, the 15th, will be a teacher appreciation night, and all teachers can sign up with their school email ID and receive a buy-to, get-to free ticket option, courtesy of Marion University. Also Saturday, a Star Trek night, presented by Somerset CPAs and Advisors. The specialty jerseys will be worn by the Fuel on Saturday the 16th as the Fuel take on the Wheeling Nailers. Then a four-game road trip will ensue as the Fuel will travel to Tulsa and Wichita the following week. One piece of Indy Fuel news as well, Cedric Lacroix has joined the team. Cedric played for Greenville last season. In 34 games, he had 12 goals and 14 assists. Also played a number of games with Bridgeport in the American Hockey League 
and has been a mainstay in both the ECHL and AHL levels the last couple of years. He's a left wing. He is somebody that will be a big, big addition to the Indy Fuels forward unit. So that's what's coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Let's take a look back at a thriller in a wild game Saturday night between the Indy Fuel and Wheeling Nailers. It didn't start out to beat one as the Fuel fell behind 2 to nothing after a pair of Felix Robert goals in the first period. Antoine Wakett drew the Fuel back within one with a deflection of Cliff Watson shot early in the second. Buzdecker behind the net in the left wing corner. Out to the point. Here's a shot deflected. Score! The shot came from Cliff Watson. It was deflected in front. And Antoine Wakett deflected it past Sterrett. After a turnover in their own zone, Felix Robert completed the hat trick at 726 of the second period, again giving Wheeling a 3-1 to lead. Then things got crazy. Really crazy. Late in the second period, it appeared the Fuel had scored right after the expiration of a power play. But a Wheeling player left the penalty box early thus causing the play to be blown dead and negating a goal that had been scored by Matt Marcinou. The Fuel, however, did capitalize not long after. Matter of fact, less than 40 seconds after Marcinou's goal was waved off, Scott Savage drew the Fuel within one. Wordly able to outlet it, but it hits a leg and is picked off by Barash. Along the goal line, look to center for Malone, didn't connect, but Savage hops on it, he shoots and scores! Savage rips one from the hash marks in the left wing circle. Top shelf on Shane Sterrett. Scott Savage with a beauty of a goal, his first of the season. As he took advantage of the traffic in front. Well, Sean Jostling comes out to try and block the shot off the stick of Scott Savage. And what does Savage do? Corrals the puck. A little toe drag, and he sends Jostling right on by. And just that little hesitation opens up the shooting lane. And with the traffic in front, as you said, Andrew, Savage beats Starrett with the wrist shot. But I love that little hesitation move. Jostling trying to come out, block the shot not so fast as he pulls it in, lets it rip on the quick release. And then with a minute 12 to go in the period, Nick Pirog scored his fourth goal of the season on a beautiful feed from Derek Barash. Tashima's Malone ahead, Barash. He's able to beat a defender into the zone. Two on one. Barash across the crease. Score! Barash hit Nick Pirog, who is able to shovel it ever so softly over Starrett and into the net. And we're tied at three with a minute 12 to go in the second period. The Fuel needed to score three times to erase a two-goal deficit, but a great feed to Nick Pirog, and he's able to tie it up, and the Fuel have come all the way back. The speed and patience from Derek Barash pays off. Does a great job in beating Evan Wardley wide initially, and then as he's trying to cut to the middle in a two-on-one, Aaron Thole comes diving across and helicopters his stick. But Barash was still able to find a way to get that puck to the back door, and Nick Pirog somehow wills this puck to the back of the net.
The ice was clean in the third period when Peter Krieger took a feed from Nick Pirog and gave the Fuel a very short-lived 4-3 lead. Pucks into the Fuel line. Krieger gets to it. Pirog ahead to Krieger. Across the wheeling line. Right wing circle. Wrist shot. Score! Peter Krieger gives the Fuel a 4-3 lead on a quick entry and a rip from the right wing circle. And Indy has come back from a two-goal deficit to take the lead. Well, it's just what we talked about. Get off to a great start. That's scoring a goal. Peter Krieger. He rifles this one short side off the underside of the crossbar. It's a beautiful-looking shot. It's not just the accuracy. It's the quickness of the release. Shoots it off his back foot while he's in stride. He catches the goaltender down. Jane Starr can't react quick enough. Wheeling's Michael Jolie answered that goal just eight seconds later with an unassisted wraparound. And then the game stayed tied at four throughout the third period as Dan Bacala made a couple of outstanding saves, including this one on Michael Jolie. Roberto Jolie, one-timer right on, and Bacala pushes across to make the save with a glove and holds on for a whistle with 14.37 to go in the third period and 108 to go on Wheeling's power play. Well, that was some serious power pushing from his right leg to his left leg for Dan Bacala. Bacala made 19 saves on the night. That got the fuel into overtime. Indy then dominated the extra session, especially after Wheeling's Aaron Thoe was called for slashing early in the overtime period. With time winding down on the power play, the fuel worked the puck to Spencer Watson in the high slot, and he ripped a shot that was deflected in by Nick Pirog to give the Fuel yet another overtime win. Barash hops on it along the left wing boards. 25 seconds to go in the Fuel's power play. Now to Spencer Watson. He shoots and scores! Spencer Watson wins another power play for the Fuel. And it may have been deflected in front by Nick Pirog, and the Fuel moved to 6-1 on the season as they rally from a 3-1 to deficit to win it in overtime, 5-4 to four, over the Wheeling Nailers. Well, you just felt it was going to come. Some great interchanging from the Indy Fuel on the power play. Barash kept the play alive. Spencer Watson puts it on a tee to himself, and then Nick Pirog standing right at the net front redirects this puck. Great movement, Barash to Watson, winds it up, lets it rip. And if you want to score goals, go to the blue paint. Nick Pirog, great deflection. His third point of the night. And the Indy Fuel with the all-important second point in what's been a crazy game. Another one-goal game, another overtime game. 5-4 the final for the Fuel. As always, Nick Olchak joining me on the calls of those Indy Fuel goals and the highlights of the Fuel's 5-4 to victory over the Wheeling Nailers last Saturday night. Our guest on this edition of Under the Hood is Indy Fuel defenseman Willie Raskop. He is no stranger to the ECHL. The Minnesota Duluth graduate played one game with Worcester in the 2017-18 season, then was traded to Quad City, where he had 37 points in 69 games that year. The next year, he had 49 points in 69 games while playing for the Kansas City Mavericks and also got an AHL game in with Stockton, Kansas City's AHL affiliate. 
Last year, he went overseas and played a season in Denmark before signing with the Indy Fuel this offseason. He has added another outstanding mobile playmaker from the Fuel's blue line, and he and Scott Savage have formed a really, really solid tandem on the Indy Fuel's back end. Here is our chat with Indy Fuel defenseman Willie Raskob. Willie, it's almost uh, like a playoff series where you play the same team several times in a row. Uh, what has it been like to uh, play Wheeling essentially three times in a week and now, uh, as we speak, getting ready to play them for a fourth time in, in just a short amount of time? Um, you know, it's obviously uh, it's a little different than what you're what you're used to. Um, a lot of times in this league, you end up playing three teams in, in one week. So when you're playing one team uh, numerous times, you know, um, you start to learn their habits and learn their tendencies. And um, when you're doing video and whatnot, you can do things a little bit differently. Um, so it is, like you said, a little bit more like a playoff series. And um, definitely no uh, no love loss between us, I can tell you that much. I definitely uh, haven't enjoyed having to play them numerous times in a row. It's... Uh, it's an easy way to to get some people that you don't like, but um, you know it's good. It's uh, I'm just excited that we're playing hockey again, and um, if that means we have to play wheeling 50 times, then I'll play wheeling 50 times. So <laughs> um, it's been good. Um, but like I said, you know you can you can learn tendencies and you start to learn their their players pretty quick too. And the last couple of games, uh, the two games on the road, you've had three assists in those two games. Has this been a case, especially the first few weeks after a long off season and no preseason games, where you've really now just kind of starting to get into the uh, get into the groove and really develop timing and chemistry with the guys you're playing with? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, as a D-man, um, jumping up in the play is something that requires a little bit extra energy. <laughs> um, so for me, the first three games of the year, I was really just trying to find my lungs and find my legs and. Um, once we got a few more practices under our belt and like you said, built some chemistry, got a little, learned, uh, learned the tendencies of, uh, of our guys and how guys like to play. And, um, you know, our forwards have done a good job too of, of playing good hockey the last couple of games. Obviously last night wasn't a great game for us, but they've done a good job of involving the D and using the points and, um, getting to the net. So things like that really help as a D man with, if you're trying to produce offensively. But I'd say the biggest thing for me is just, um, been finding my legs and, um, having that extra step to join the rush and um, having that energy uh, has, has been the biggest difference in the last couple games. How have you meshed? You and Scott Savage have skated together a lot this season. How have you two meshed together, and how do you complement each other? Um, I've actually known Savvy for uh, a really long time. We're the same age. Um, we grew up playing against each other. So um, I've always known Savvy, and, um, you know, when I saw he was on the roster, I got excited. He's a uh, He's a really steady D man. He's he's been you know he's played quite a bit of American League games and, and for a good reason. He's a good player. Um, so you know I would say um, you know I might be a little bit more offensive than him in terms of jumping up in the rush, but he doesn't. It's not that he doesn't have it. Um, I think together we we make a good breakout and um, you know he's just a good player. He's steady and for me um, you know I think anyone finds it easier to play the game when you know what someone's going to bring and when they're consistent. And I think Scotty's um, super consistent and um, really predictable in how he plays the game. And, um, you know, that's that's something that I really, really enjoy. And I think uh, I think we've done a good job together and I enjoy playing with them. So hopefully we can get a win here tomorrow and um, get back on the, 
on the right side of things, but um, Scotty's been a great player to play with. One thing that's really been clicking here the last couple of games is your power play. Uh, two goals uh, on the power play on Thursday night, two on Sunday in Wheeling as well. Again, is this kind of a case of developing timing and chemistry, especially in your role as the quarterback of that power play? Yeah, power plays reps. Um, you know, getting in those, those getting in that, that timing and and those plays and um, like you said, learning learning how to play with guys and building that chemistry. And um, you know, another thing is is do is, is doing it in games because practicing against your own team isn't easy. They know what you're doing. Um, they're cheating on things. So getting reps against other teams and in games is is critical. And um, you know, we finally kind of started playing games on a little bit more of a consistent basis, and that makes a huge difference. And um, you know, scoring two goals definitely helps your confidence when you're finding those seams and and things are opening up. Think, uh, the lanes seem to get bigger the more often you score. So, um, you know, once once you do find find the back of the net, it's a lot easier to to settle in. Uh, we've been fortunate that, like you said, you, we found two in our last game and found another one last night. So. Um, it's definitely nice, and and I would just say it's it's practice. Getting getting those reps in games makes a huge difference. You played last year overseas in Europe after uh, spending a year in Quad City and then a year in Kansas City. Uh, what was the transition like playing in Europe, and what was it like for you to play in Europe for a year? Uh, I guess you could say there's two transitions when you go to Europe. The first is lifestyle, and the second is hockey. So that was probably the biggest thing is the, the lifestyle change. Uh, you go to the grocery store for the first time and nothing's in English. So you, uh, you learn on the fly and you just kind of got to be ready to accept the challenges as they come. And, uh, I was, everyone that came and visit, I, I told them they had to be comfortable being uncomfortable because that's, uh, that's about the best way you can, can find, uh, happiness over there and, and be okay that, you know, you are in a foreign land. So, uh, for, for the off ice, that's kind of what I, um, I found is, the best attitude I could have. And uh, it definitely took a little while to get there, but it was um, it was a great experience. And on the ice, you know, you play on a larger sheet. Um, guys don't dump pucks in. A lot more bringing the puck back, getting speed, a lot more time and space, playing defense. You're not as much right on top of guys. It's a lot more of, um, you know, being prepared to, to read the play and be on that next step before it happens. So uh, on the ice is definitely a little bit of a transition too, but – um, you know, once you're comfortable off the ice is, is when I really started to settle in on the ice. So, uh, it was a great experience. I loved it. Uh, Europe's an unbelievable place. It's super fun to travel. My family was able to come visit, which was, you know, another great experience. They had never been overseas. So things like that will be, you know, memories for a lifetime, but, um, just happy to have a chance here in, in Indy right now and playing the game I love and uh, a lot of, a lot of tough days worrying about, if I was going to be a hockey player again. So it's just been a an absolute blast being here. What's been your favorite thing about being an Indian with this team so far? You know, we get treated unbelievably. Um, obviously, the circumstances are a little different. We're wearing masks around the rink. We're getting tested twice a week. And, uh, you know, we're not going out to eat and getting to experience the cities. And, uh, you know, because I've only heard great things about the area. And uh, as as I've been able to see already, the fans are awesome. Sellout game in our last one, and they're loud. By far the best fans I've seen so far. So um, that's been an awesome experience. It's been so much fun to play in front of people again. And um, honestly, the best thing is just 
being a hockey player, um, going to the rink every day. We've got a great group of guys. Um, we get treated unbelievably. The apartments are beautiful. Um, so it's just been fun to, to be back in this, in this lifestyle, honestly, and being a hockey player, going to the rink, seeing the guys, watching video, um, you know, everything down from waking up sore in the morning to, uh, long bus trips at night. I've just enjoyed being back and, um, having a great group of guys to do it with. What was it that brought you to Indy in the off season? Um, you know, it was a long off season. Um, like you said, I was over in Europe last year and I really enjoyed it and I was looking to get back overseas. And, um, but like everyone, things changed. And as the, as the summer went on, um, just wanted an opportunity to play. And, um, I believe my agent and Doug are, have a pretty good friendship and, he called about me and he called about uh, Pete Krieger, who I uh, I lived with at school and college. So he wanted both of us. And, you know, that for me was a, a good thing. I I love Pete. And, he, and as you can see, he's a great hockey player. So he's been fun fun to have on my team. A lot more fun to play with and play against. So um, Doug, uh, Doug and I talked, had a good chat, um, had really honest conversations. He he didn't ever lie to me, which is something that, you know, I really appreciate and very truthful. And I've obviously, uh, being in the league in the past years, being in Quad City, I played in Indy quite a bit. And, um, you know, everything I saw from the outside is true on the inside. So, um, you know, I had no issues with the, the organization. Everything was, was pretty squeaky clean, in my opinion. And he wanted to win. And, uh, you know, nothing's more fun than, than winning hockey games. So, uh, overall, it just kind of came together, and um, really glad to be here. Really glad that we're playing, and um, it was a good experience overall. So you won a lot of hockey games in college at Minnesota Duluth, and while you weren't able to be part of a national championship team, uh, the team, the, the teams that you had, really set the table for back-to-back national titles. And I know Pete Krieger and uh, Jared Thomas were both part of those teams as well. How much does it mean to you to? have had the opportunity to essentially develop that program at Duluth into the national powerhouse it is. And how much pride do you take in that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Duluth, obviously they won in, uh, I believe it was 2011 um, and had a little bit of a, I think actually the the next year they were unbelievable, but um, 2012, 2013, and, you know, they kind of had a little bit of a drop down and even my first year and my second year, we were, in the process of getting back to that level. And, um, you know, by my senior year, like you said, we, we developed into a really, really good hockey team. And, um, I think the, the biggest difference that you can see from Duluth right now is what they're producing, um, to the next level. Um, you know, three of my four roommates, um, outside of Pete are NHLers. Um, so what, what they've been able to produce and, um, you know, it's not a fluke, uh, they produce not just great hockey players, but great people. And, um, you know, they, that's something Duluth really strives for when, when they're recruiting, um, getting the right guys and, um, not always the best guys, but the right guys, because you don't win championships by having four first, four first lines, you know, you got to have guys buying into play the game the right way. And, um, Duluth's done an incredible job of doing that. And I am super proud to be a, a Bulldog alumni and, um, you know, guys will probably, tell you that uh, we talk about it a little too much in the room between the three of us. So <laughs> um, definitely something I think we're all very proud of 
Uh, would have loved to have won a national championship, but I'd be lying if I didn't say I was just as excited for them as um, as I was for the whole program when when they did win the two. So it is uh, it was a super cool experience to see all my friends win, and um, would have been fun to have one. But like I said, I was incredibly proud and super super happy for all the people that are a part of it because um, the behind the scenes and the the people that you don't hear about at Duluth are just as incredible as the people that you do see on screen. So. Um, yeah, super, super proud, and um, like I said, yeah, great experience overall. I would, I'd go back and do it all over. Uh, what are your goals for the rest of the year here in Indy? Win a lot of hockey games, um, stay healthy, and just um, taking the whole experience. Like I said, it was uh, it was nine long months and um, some really tough days worrying about being a hockey player. So just just go to the rink every day, be happy, and. Um, be grateful honestly it's um like i said i the whole experience so far has been great i'm excited to be a hockey player every game has been a blessing um take them take them one at a time and just just enjoy it as much as i can um we got a great group of guys and um we're getting better every game and um you know be great to keep winning because like i said when nothing better than winning hockey games so um just just keep enjoying it be grateful and stay healthy as a whole team with everything going on and um, yeah, just keep having fun. Well, Willie, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And we want to thank Willie Raskob for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood. We had that conversation last week before the January 2nd game against the Nailers and you heard part of that conversation during our first intermission, but we save the extended versions for the Under the Hood podcast, and we're glad you were able to enjoy that and another chat with an Indy Fuel player. Again, the Indy Fuel home Friday night and Saturday night against Greenville. Friday's a do three one seven night. Saturday is Healthcare Heroes and First Responders Night, presented by Community Health Network. And then next Friday, the 15th and 16th, which is a Saturday, the Wheeling Nailers are in town. It's a team we see an awful lot. We'll see them again. And again, Friday night, Teacher Appreciation Night, the 15th, and then Saturday, the 16th, Star Trek Night, as the Fuel will be donning special jerseys to face the Nailers that evening. The last couple of games have been socially distanced sellouts. There are very few tickets available, so make sure you get yours now at IndieFuelHockey.com and reserve your seats for the four upcoming games and all upcoming Indie Fuel games. It's been a great start for the Fuel. We can't wait to bring you more hockey. If you can't make it to the rink, because of course we've had sellouts, make sure you join Nick Olchek and I for the calls on IndieFuelHockey.com, Mixler.com slash IndieFuel, and of course the video coverage of all 72 games. Nick and I bring you the play-by-play commentary from all 36 home games on Flow Hockey. I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood. I am Andrew Smith, the broadcast voice of the Fuel. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going Under the Hood with the Indie Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndieFuelHockey.com.